Great to be here on a Friday morning uh, with a little bit of optimism in the air. And I know there is still pessimism as well. But there are a lot of people who are uh, pretty excited about the potential uh, for this summer. Uh, should this open for summer plan get to the targets that it's supposed to be getting to, etc. And uh, so we'll talk about that uh, in this segment. But we're also going to talk a little bit about that uh, coming up in the eight o'clock hour because I want to I want to see just how excited you are and, and what kind of things you're looking forward to, to going and doing. And along that same line, uh, I guess we're looking down the road. We might actually get concerts again. And so. Uh, that's still sort of up in the air. We're not sure exactly what is going to be showing up or when, but I, I want, it sparks a conversation about uh, our first concerts, and we sort of did this last Friday, just off the cuff, near the end of, of the show, and it got tons of response, so I'd like you to be able to jump in on that. You can tell me about your, your first concert. We'll tell you about ours as well, and uh, I'd love to get some phone calls in, and we can have some chats and have, have a little bit of fun on a, on a Friday morning. So 780-496-0063. We'll take your calls uh, coming up later in the 8 o'clock hour. Right now, I want to talk about this potential uh, for uh, a fun summer. You know, it's Festival City. What a hit Festival City took last year because of the pandemic. So much of what has become our identity had to be shifted and moved and and eliminated. There there was a Heritage Festival last year. It was virtual in in essence. And so good effort, not quite the same thing. But this year, it sounds like we will actually have more of what you're used to with the Heritage Festival. Jim Gibbon is the executive director of that festival. Joining us live here on 630 Ched Mornings, how are you? Oh, I am very well and very tired from uh, lots of, all of a sudden uh, it went from busy to, oh my God, busy. So great news. (laughs) I have no idea. So, so tell me, tell me what what it's been like over the last couple of days, because clearly you were looking with some optimism and had a few plans in place. But then, once Jason Kenny made the announcement about open for summer, that must have switched gears completely. So, tell me where you've been over the say the last week and and, and what your mindset has been. Well, I I will say um, it has been a bit of a cheerleader role for the last few months, just reminding people, no, you know, it is getting better because it did get pretty dark there for a while, to be fair, to be fair to people, right? But, you know, we've been cheerleading, we've been, you know, we have so many of the pavilions on board. Um, as a matter of fact, we got calls yesterday from two that, that uh, were a little nervous and now want to get back in, and I think that's going to put us actually maybe in another hard spot where we may have too many this year for the first time in a long time, and, and, and that's a good problem to have, right? And, you know, suddenly... Um, getting calls from everybody that you know we've been working with everyone we had the the tents lined up everything's lined up um but for instance we don't have a map yet normally that's done in february so we'll be doing that you know just just the the little things as it becomes formalized so so when you say you may not have a, a room for everyone is is that is that similar to what it would because this has to be a smaller festival i i can't imagine that you would be the same size as in some of those previous record years that we've seen at the heritage festival no and, and the pavilions have been great on working uh, with us on that because what we're doing is we're guaranteeing every pavilion only gets two tents this year some have three four five you know there's this huge huge pavilion normal uh, exhibits yeah and 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 each of those tents is between 30 and 34 feet across depending on which tent we use so by pulling out that third tent it opens the spacing between uh the pavilions up to uh 10 meters which is great uh and then what we're doing is in order to have a nice circular walk where we're keeping the numbers down to um, where we can make it a nice straight walk. People can stay out of each other's way. 
and um, you know by keeping it to numbers that where we would have been roughly probably six or seven years ago um, we can keep it down to the point where people have a lot more space you know and, and same as everybody else mass required online um, you know all, all of uh, sorry in line and when you're walking around just you know same sort of safety protocols but yes there will definitely be far fewer tents but roughly the same number of civilians that there was say six or seven years ago uh, and so have you had discussions with ahs other health authorities about uh, you know just as as a just in case because you <laughs> these things don't just pop up all by themselves so you would have had to do some planning did you get guidance initially on you know should uh, the, the situation allow for the heritage festival to go ahead this is what you need to do Oh yeah, no, for sure. And and the funny thing is, their biggest concern, and it's a legitimate one, is how do people safely eat? You know, you have to take a mask off to eat. So if people go to our website, we have a little uh, page on there called How. So HeritageFest.ca How, and uh, we have a little miniature version of our our safety plan on there for people to see. And what we've done is, as you know, with Heritage Fest, a lot of people there maybe. Uh, English isn't their first language, and, and some don't speak any English. So we've made it uh, sort of pictographic safety plan. So we have two versions, a great big 40-page written one, and then a much smaller pictographic one. And, and if people go there and have a look at what we're doing, and, and they follow those guidelines. And, you know, the other big thing is I actually have to applaud uh, the Premier, because I thought what he did was very creative. He basically said to people, you know, in case there's any reluctance, go get your shots because then we can open K-Days and then we can open Stampede and things. And, and I thought it was a good way to sort of give people a little kick to get them out there to get their shots. So it's coming together. Now, have you had any kind of a backlash? Because there are a lot of people who, who don't agree with this plan, who are concerned about the plan. And, and are you getting any of that? Well, of course, everybody is. You know, there's, everybody's hearing from both sides. And, you know, we have a wonderfully pragmatic board that listens to both sides. And, and uh, you know, we, we wait and we get the feedback. But as it stands right now, if the province is saying you can go ahead under these parameters, then, um, you know, we have a, a mandate. Our mission statement says we have a festival, right? So, you know, as long as we're, as long as we follow the rules and everybody gets their shots, uh, I, you know, we can do it safely. And, and the thing I want to kind of throw in everybody's head is, we have these giant multinational corporations. We have, you know, the Costco's, the Walmart's, Home Depot. You go there and they're full, and people are walking around in their masks. And this has been going on for six months. So if the same rules are mandated and people follow those rules, and you know, don't forget, we're a full month behind Stampede and. You know, and, and that's the one people are talking a lot about. That's another full month of shots in arms. So, you know, because we're almost a month later, I, I don't think people are quite as stressed about it because I think most people are worried about the timeline if they're worried about anything. Yeah, uh, and, and you're right, you do get a buffer period. So assuming yes, we correct. get to the 70%, assuming uh, that things open up in that first week of July as it looks like it, it, it could, you still have another month afterwards. Uh, there will also, you know, you'll still have COVID uh, protocols in place. You'll still have uh, masking on, on scene. Uh, do you worry at all about enforcement of some of those rules? And if you've been addressing that and trying to come up with a strategy for that and how to deal with it? Yes, I think ours will be a very friendly enforcement. I, you know, we're we're a family friendly event and always have been. And I just think, you know, you, you know, to to put a finer point on it, you know, we don't have alcohol on site and and a few other things. And I, I just our demographic comes down there to celebrate multiculturalism, you know, and celebrate our sameness and our differences. And 
and we just have a demographic that I think is, is um, they're going to come down there and they're going to say, how do I protect my friends down here? And I, I just don't think it'll be an issue. We do have plans in place. The other thing, um, just to get back to your earlier point, if you don't mind, because I think it's kind of fun. Yep. You mentioned, you know, what was some of our feedback from Alberta Health? And again, their biggest issue was on site. How do you eat safely? So part of our plan is we have a uh, couple summer students with uh, red grass paint. They go out and measure every five meters, and they're they're drawing a three-meter circle on the grass. So there's going to be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these safe eating pods out on the grass that will keep people five meters apart. And, you know, when when people have a chance to go out there and and sit in a space that's completely separated from everybody else, you can still see everybody, but you're, you know, you're a safe distance apart. Uh, I think people will say, okay, I can take my mask off. I can eat with my family and my pod. And then I'll put my mask back on and, and go to the next spot. So I think it's a pragmatic solution. And I think that uh, Albertans are excited about getting their shots. And, and that's really what it comes down to. If nobody gets their shots, there's no events, right? So it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. What is, uh, you know, what, what does success look like uh, for this year's Heritage Festival in your mind? If we can get some folks together, much smaller than in the past, but if we can get some folks together, and share each other's cultures and get people a chance to be introduced to cultural groups they may not be familiar with or, or get a chance to expand the horizons of, of some people that, that you know haven't had a chance to mix and mingle for a long time. If we can get together and, and share the joys of multiculturalism with other people, the numbers don't matter. We have to get that message out. That's what matters. Uh, I also know Taste of Edmonton's looking at having a, a, a version of the event, uh, Fringe Festival looking at having a version. Have you been talking with other festival organizers, comparing notes at all or anything like that, or are you just focused <laughs> every, on just Every single minute <laughs> we are exchanging ideas. And, um, you know, I, I have to give kudos to the to the folks at Taste. They have gone through exactly the same thing as us, and, and we uh, have been... Um, working together on a lot of stuff as well and and um yeah you know there's just there's some great people in 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 our edmonton festival consortium and and we really do help each other a lot we have a meeting coming up next week to work on this so we really have gotten together as a group to help each other and and it has been i think the biggest saving grace for the festivals this year was that this festival consortium got together and and is uh you know, just helping each other out, and if nothing else, at least a chance to talk once a month and say, you know, are you are you still okay? Because a lot of folks in this industry are not okay, sure. and uh, you know, to get all these folks together to support each other is just—it's been just a wonderful thing. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, no problem. Really quick, uh, just before we let you go, is this still a gamble for you? Or is there a financial danger if 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 it doesn't go the way you hope and, and plan with the reopening? Is there a financial danger for you? There is a financial danger that starts, it, it starts probably July 1st and it does sort of increase from there. Uh, I think if something were to happen up to July 1st, most people could. But, but you know what the bigger financial danger is, if mm-hmm. I can be frank? Yep. If, if people don't get their shots, right, and, and the province has to cancel us, then the biggest risk is we support up to 100 uh, cultural groups here in the city they make their money for the year to keep their their cultural groups afloat at Heritage Festival. And the other big way they make their money to stay afloat is the casinos. Well, there's been no casinos for the last year and a half, two years either. So there's a huge financial risk if, if the province cuts it the day before, there's no doubt. But our 
organization is is a not-for-profit for a reason, and, and we're there to support the cultural community. And the bigger risk is that we lose some of these cultural groups because we aren't able to help them out. So that's also a really good question that people need to be aware of. We're a very different festival in that way in that we, we help facilitate these cultural groups, bring their culture to the people of Edmonton, and in exchange it helps them stay afloat and pay their bills. So, so it's, uh, you know, in a lot of ways it's really important we go ahead. Jim Gibbon, Executive Director of the Heritage Festival. Thank you so much for, uh, time for, for, for joining me. It's time for you to get back to work. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. Okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. You bet. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.